which is called The Science Podcast. And these are a, a couple of atheists that run this podcast. So I thought you'd be interested to hear what they say. This is only one little bit, so it's like it's over half an hour. And I couldn't play you the whole thing because I'd have to have so many beeps in it bleeping out uh, the expletives. Because you can't breathe, this shit's a space. Tonight's episode of the Science Enthusiast Podcast is brought to you by Donald Trump's Big Week Ahead. Because there's a big week coming up, and who who knows what the fuck that means anymore. See, I thought it, it meant sort of like a Game of Thrones winter is coming, and so I tweeted that, and then our friend of the show, David Gorski, pointed out that winter actually arrived in the early morning hours of November 9th, 2016, so we're... Yeah, we're way past the winter is coming stage. But actually, winter doesn't start until, like, mid-December. We've been in figurative winter for a really long time, Dan. (laughs) It's really bad. I mean, are are we tired of winning yet? Yes. If this is winning, I am really (laughs) fucking tired of winning. Let's start losing and welcome No, thank you, please. Yeah, no thank you. (laughs) Well, hello, and thank you for listening to the Science Enthusiast Podcast. My name is Dan, and as always, I'm joined by my brilliant friend, Natalie. Natalie, say hello. Hello. I'm super happy (laughs) to be here with you. Well, that makes two of us. And if you are familiar with the show and you're also happy to be here with us, uh, you know, consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash TSE podcast. I can't even do the damn promotion right. To get access to early versions of the show, extended interviews, uh, commercial free version. And uh, it says here, periodically other nuggets of goodness. I don't know what that means. You typed it, Is that a threat? Is that a promise? I I think it's a threat and a promise. It's both. I'm going to write some blog posts occasionally, so it's definitely a threat and a promise. I'm sorry. Um, and, yeah, but we have some other good news, maybe, so share the other good news. Maybe I'll be, yeah, maybe maybe I'll get back to writing more because, uh, because everything this, this feels... Reason. <laughs> You're yeah, gonna because have more time. Uh, we, we just hired an editor, Yay. Uh, so Julie's going to be editing the show now, Uh hopefully making us sound better if not like let us know and uh i don't know it's still our fault we're just gonna say you know what we're gonna promise that there will be shows she's awesome we know this already and we'll have the shows probably every wednesday beginning you know i I think once we kind of get on track in a couple weeks or something but we're gonna go back to probably a Wednesday release every week and try to just get our shit together a little more. So Julie is going to be our awesome person helping us make that happen. So we're stoked for that. I look I look forward to that almost as much as I look forward to our God of the week. Ooh, nice. You are, you're learning, you're learning the segue skills. You don't look forward to it, but it's okay. I don't look forward to it. Oh, I don't like you right now, but that's okay. I don't like me right yeah, now. So that makes two of us. Coming. We should hang out sometime. So, so yeah, um, this is the god of the week, the Baltic sun goddess Soleil. So on the surface, she's pretty much the quintessential goddess. She's dressed all in gold. She's riding around in a chariot pulled by two white horses. She is the mother of all the planets. All the planets are girls, by the way, just that's part of the story. So this sounds lovely. Soleil sounds lovely. I mean, sounds what good, have they done right? With all the all the boys. Yeah. I, I don't really I don't really know. Hashtag bring back our boys. Yeah. I don't know how any of this works. So That's a real hashtag not, though. It, that's that's not that's that was I didn't bring mean back for that our to girls. Be. Yeah, I that? didn't mean for I did not mean for that because that's yeah that's a horrible story. You went, uh, that, yeah, uh, what country was that in? I forget well, where that was. I don't know, it but was, that's a topic that, of another that, podcast. That's, that's a, that joke was not meant to be at their expense for sure. No, it wasn't. So, so I just I just took this to a place that we didn't want to go. Yeah, we didn't want to go there, but I'm, I'm just gonna take I'm I'm gonna take this story to a terrible place right now. So okay, okay. Let, let me so let me just go there. So continue the so, downward spiral. Yeah, the story of our lives. Um, you'd think that this was all good, whatever. But so Soleil, she's married to the Moon God, and he decided one day he was gonna fuck one of the planets. And remember, Soleil is the mother of all of the planets. This was. 
one of the planets was his daughter. So, um, okay, okay. Right. Do we know which one it was? I think it, I feel like it was Venus, but I could be wrong. I, I read this and I, I don't have the, the article open, but, um, anyways, the moon God <laughs> fucked a planet and for doing how this, does though, a, so here, how does, so, a, how does a moon fuck a planet? How does a ball fuck another ball? Like this, these I, are the I, important I, questions we need to be asking. These are, these are Th- the This important is what our listeners come least, to expect. Totally. But so, Hard-hitting so somebody journalism. though in this conceptual penis is, is it a conceptual penis on the moon? I think the moon definitely had a conceptual penis. It's, this was not a real then, penis. Is, um, is that, a, is it a metaphor for an asteroid impact or something? Well, I don't know, but I'm going to tell you how the moon got craters if you listen for a sec. So, oh, so somebody okay. up there in the in this in the universe had some kind of moral compass because they thought, yeah, it's not really good that the moon fucked the planet daughter. So the moon god got the shit beat out of him, and so and that his is name why his name is day, I believe is it Minus? I think so. And so his face so, now at that point has like a lazy... bears the reminders. Yeah, it's it's all it's all lazy. It's all lazy. But so the craters are the remnants of this epic fist fight um, because he got what he deserved. And Soleil, she I guess rebounded, recovered, and decided to devote herself to good and bringing light and warmth to the universe and all that good stuff. But but yeah, I think I think we really we derailed this whole thing somewhere in the middle. How did how did the um, moon how did the moon get to Venus in the first place though? That's the I you know, I th- I think uh, that these Osrine, God stories defy mistaken. laws of yeah, I think these defy the laws of time and space and all kinds of things, but um yeah. Yeah, the, I I mean in my in my stories well, he, of these are not not good so yeah he got his yeah uh, upon further he got his ass kicked not only by venus but by the the baltic supreme creator god too yeah so like so other people joined in the fight because because i guess it's not appropriate to do what he did so he yeah needed to get the shit beat out of him yeah, I mean, and he was he was probably a Nazi too. So I was I was gonna I was gonna go to not yeah I was gonna go lesson. to Nazi punch, but I didn't. Um, he you won't did soon though. forget or continue posting things about and as if nothing at all affected them or changed or really accomplished anything. Yeah, so that's our God that <clears throat> somehow went all over the place. So uh, so yeah. So tonight we are thrilled to welcome Mary Mengen to the show. Mary is perhaps better known to people on the internet as Mem Somerville on Twitter and is, in my opinion, one of the most well-spoken, intelligent science communicators on social media. So there, there, there's my intro to you. So like, <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, really, you, you're like one of those people that like when you followed me on Twitter, I was like, oh, like we... Yay! <laughs> so, yes, and we actually we all met last year at um, Nexus in, right, in New York City. So we've actually all been in the, the same, same room place. Mm-hmm. <laughs> at the same time. Yeah, that's a, it's a rare <laughs> thing in like in this like science communication skeptic world that we're right. that we've all actually met in real life because the power of the internet has brought us together in most cases. Absolutely. So welcome. Thank you. And so, here's my cat. Yeah. I told you she might oh, come wrong. Yeah, there we go. We we like cats here. Dan <laughs> loves my cat cats. Is, my cat is on the floor, and I have I have stuff all over my floor, or else I would show the video on it. But he is he is deeply involved in uh, licking himself right now, so I don't want to disrupt that. I have a, I have a my pug shredding my next notes. to me, but yeah, well, yeah, I have a dog next to me, but he's not uh, not move just before. any type of dog. It's a pug. A, a, a pug. An adorable pug. He doesn't have breathing problems. He doesn't have breathing problems. All right, so Mary, um, let's 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 learn about you. So, um, I would love to know, like, what is your like science and skepticism like 
origin story? Like, what brought sure. you to the point where, you know, we know who you are on Twitter and right. you say a lot of awesome stuff and what brought you there? <laughs> well, if you say enough stuff, some of it's going to be right, you know, so it's, it's a volume <laughs> game for me. Yes. But, no. um, <laughs> but um, all life. <laughs> I actually am a trained scientist. I have a PhD in cell molecular and developmental biology. So I came through the regular science path. Um, but I also came from a family that was very politically active. When I was growing up, um, my dad's best friend was the mayor of our city. So we hung around with the mayor, but he was just another guy. And so for me, politics was not a strange species. It was, you know, just what you do. And you talk to politicians and you tell them what your problems are and, and these sorts of things. And you have um, house parties to raise money for them. And you, you know, stand out uh, outdoors holding signs for them. And so I... I thought that was normal. I thought I thought everyone went to the city council meetings every week like my dad did. <laughs> you know, just thought I find out later that's not how everyone else's life is. Um, so so those two things I think have led me to where we are today. But the specific act of getting into the more science advocacy skepticism sort of realm, it came during the Bush administration. If you remember back to the early two thousands, the, one of the, the good things, old days, I think we can yeah. call them now. Right. They seem better all the time now. Um, I, know, I know. Yeah. When we used to fight about stem cell research, actually, you know. Um, however, some of the same things are coming back around. Um, creationism in classrooms, right? So those things were coming up. At that time, political blogs were just starting to bubble up, too, right? So both of those things were combining for me as science, political advocacy sort of things. So I primarily came into it for, from the politics side, actually. Um, but then I found out um, at the place I was writing a lot, I, this was the Daily Coast. I don't know if you guys know the Daily Coast. Yeah. It's a yeah. liberal blog um, in the U.S. Um, and um, I was writing there on topics that I was interested in. And then I started writing specifically on science topics, like stem cell research, like creationism in classrooms, uh, like vaccines. Um, I wrote climate stuff, too, at that time. So, so... I was getting used to writing and I was getting used to speaking out publicly on, the, on these issues, which was really good. And I was used to getting pushback and wrestling in the comments sections and all that stuff. But it was also kind of a friendly place, right? Because this was my tribe, sort of. I was in, in that group. And, and we were all aligned. We were all aligned on stem cells. We were all aligned on creationism in classrooms. We were all aligned on climate. We were all aligned on vaccines. Well, most of them were, were aligned on vaccines. There's still a little thread of... The, anti-pharma stuff there but i started writing about gmos because i love golden rice golden rice is one of the things that i thought was just the coolest idea yeah. ever and i was like i couldn't believe it wasn't out yet i was so excited for how that was going to help you know reduce blindness in children i'm you know kids who who really need this it will change their lives you know um and so that's how i started and then i found out that the community was not aligned on this at all <laughs> And worse than that, they actually had a, a kind of a, a site um, favorite, I guess, like a, you know, a teacher's pet sort of thing, um, who was writing on food issues. And she was terrible, terrible. <laughs> but she had the ear of management, right? Yeah. So I was trying to battle against, like, this stuff is not right, you guys. Can you, can you? put my stuff up there with um, some of the things that are good about, you know, reducing pesticides and stuff like that. Like, I think these things are good that we could agree on, but they didn't agree with me on these things. So, um, but that was an, another interesting dynamic, I think, an important one too, because we're still facing that, you know, even among our own tribe, this is a case where we're not really aligned. So, um, that's really where I came into the science, politics, advocacy sort of thing. Eventually, though, I did get thrown out of Daily Coast. It was a good, um, <laughs> it was like training wheels, you know, it was good for me. Um, but I, you know, I find that eventually conspiracy theorists are just not good allies. <laughs> you know, yeah. you yeah. can't count on them, yeah. right? So it's a good rule I was like, right there, yeah. Yeah, you know, so I was like, you know, maybe this is not worth my time. Um, and so... Eventually, you just stop fighting that, banging your head against the wall there. And what I specifically targeted was some kind of science community activism instead. And that's how I got in more with the skeptics, because they were doing the uh, creationism in classroom sort of stuff. And mm -hmm. so I was still aligned with them. 
but that brought me into more of like the science blogosphere. It was when science blogs were all coming up too. And there was a really good community forming of the science bloggers. And that I think is also still important too, because that community that formed, even at that time, even though a lot of that is sort of fragmented now for various reasons, including Facebook and other things, um, it was important to form that sort of base where we all were sharing information about topics that were interesting to us, vaccine um, articles or um, um, malaria or GMO mosquitoes or like so there was a there was a base of people who were discussing these things. And I think that was important for us to have. Um, but I specifically started to target more of the science activism that way. So, and so as far as like activism and all of that goes, I mean something that's you know happened recently you know, I think as a response to the current climate, and we can give our opinions on that too, but um, is the, uh, like the March for Science. And I, mm-hmm. I know you, you attended DC March, right? And Dan yes. also did. I, I went to one in, in Burlington, Vermont. Um, but I would love to know like your thoughts about that as an event, but also like on a larger scale as a, right. is it a movement? What happens from that kind of mm-hmm. your thoughts on the activist part of that? Yes, I was so delighted to hear about Science March and to watch it develop uh, because I have been waiting for years for scientists to show up in politics. Um, And I know it's distasteful and I know why it's distasteful and I know why people are reluctant to get out into the streets. But my feeling is that a group who has some kind of issue never gets anywhere unless they start making noise. And I actually wore my park ranger gear to this because I used to be a park ranger years ago. And I was a park ranger at a historical park. And it was a park that was about the Industrial Revolution. And it was about workers' rights. And it was about immigrant groups. And and every time there was a new wave of immigrants, it wasn't until the immigrants had voting rights and made noise about an issue or the workers were doing this. Like, they had to make noise before anything changed. So I'm firmly in that that you-have-to-make-noise sort of camp. Um, and I was so excited by the Science March stuff. However, a lot of drama erupted over this. Yes, and, and you I, helped. You really, like, you helped with one yes. of them, with one of the drama Well, I don't things. know if I helped, but I, I said my piece, which is what I do um, <laughs> a lot. So. Um, but, yeah, so I'm not on Facebook. So I couldn't know what was actually happening there. I was hearing mm-hmm. reports of people being mistreated or in these in the groups and being disrespected and all that and, and I was saddened by that um, there were also other issues too about who do we align with and um, what if 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 there are anti-gmo groups who are showing up with this like I'm not uh, you know I'm not gonna go to this well you know, po- politics is messy there are gonna be times when you're gonna have to align with people who you don't entirely believe in but to get something done you have to do it and and i'm a street fighter and i'm also a pragmatist i know that i i think it's more valuable to bring more groups into this and work on them once they're in (laughs) you know which is kind of what we did um and i think that worked in this case for us um so when i saw people sort of trash talking the march for various reasons um some of them were legit some of them i thought were not legit but I, what I found not constructive is the circular firing squad sort of mentality. Like I felt like the aim was misplaced. Are we have a real place to focus right now? And it's not, I know it's not supposed to be an anti-Trump march. It's a broader march for respect for science and policy and um, evidence-based policy and things like that. But I feel like that should be our target. And I had wished that more people could focus on the real target. So I made some, <laughs> I, I put some thoughts out about that. They weren't all popular, but anyway. I, but I just don't understand. I still don't understand what you think accomplishes anything for you if you don't go. Like, what is the point of not going? Who, who, is, who, is, who wins there? Like, I don't well, get that. It, well, it requires pants, for one. So <laughs> okay, laundry, honest, yeah. All right. That, that is a huge that is the pr- that's the practical that's the practical spot but once you have sure. those pants on have you ever worn pants they are the worst <laughs> well all right so what so was your experience that. actually so you so everyone wore pants what was right. your experience actually being there like did, was it because 
was it like a because I know like for me when I when I went to the one in in Vermont I mean it was like it was kind of like shitty weather like who knew (laughs) a lot of people were going to show up you guys had it worse but like it ended up being I mean I think they were expecting like 500 people there it ended up being about 1500 people that showed up Mm -hmm. and it was as far as the vibe went like it was it was just cool to have there were a lot of families lots of kids like with you know homemade kid signs and like right that's I think that's that's excellent I I thought it was great for kids yeah yeah yeah. And, I, and and that's another thing that I thought a lot of the inside baseball stuff that was going on was hurting these kids, you know, and I thought that was unfair because kids really wanted to get out and celebrate this and support this. And these kids are about to inherit a planet where all the coral reefs are dying, you know. And so I, I feel like I feel like the circular stuff was not moving us forward at all. So um, anyway, um, so. In D.C., it was soggy, absolutely. But I had my park ranger gear on, and park rangers have really <laughs> good gear. So um, <laughs> um, I was prepared for that. But I, I, And there were people everywhere. We couldn't believe it. After we got in through the security uh, barrier, um, we went over to the um, tents where we had the teach-ins, and they were, those were full, and we went back over to the um, area to watch the speakers later, and that was you know people everywhere. And we actually left for lunch at one point, and the line was blocks and blocks to get through the security thing after we yeah. left again. Yeah. So I was astonished with the turnout and delighted by that. So in spite of all the prior drama, people did show and people did have a presence and people did bring creative signs. And apparently George Soros paid all of these people. No, sorry. That was something else. Um, <laughs> Um, well, the, one of the first signs I saw when I got there was, I paid for this sign myself. I did not pay, Soros did not pay for this, you know? <laughs> um, so, um, anyway, so it was really nice for the first time to see that many science minded folks aligned on this. Cause I think that's really rare for our community because we argue with each other all the time. It's what we do and we don't take it yeah, personally. Yeah. Sometimes it's personal, but <laughs> typically not. we can but be trained. To... It's just <laughs> right. an exchange right. of ideas. And, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and in, I mean, in grad school, that's what we learned. Like you, you wanted to challenge your own lab the most because if they ruined your reputation around the world, like that was terrible for everyone. So we all, you know, we wanted it to be well done and and so we when we argue we're trying to get the best ideas out of everybody you know mm-hmm. at least that's the way we think about it well and I, um, and I went i was at also in dc uh it, it was just it was it was so like i think you've undersold how miserable the rain made that because yeah. it was i mean i had pants on and it was raining and we were going around uh, we were actually trying to find people that maybe had uh some maybe questionable things to say and i like i had like my camera and i had a couple people helping me and we couldn't find really like at the end there was a pizza gate guy i did a live video on facebook with him and it was uh, amazing but uh, outside of i don't think he was actually part of that because he was way too happy to talk about hillary clinton (laughs) and but beyond that like i couldn't we couldn't find anybody that had like you know, say, well, yeah, I like, I like GMOs. I like, you know, climate change is real, uh, but, va- you know, vaccines, I, I, I just, I, I'm just worried about, you know, toxins or autism or something like that. And like, we talked to, I don't even know how many people we talked to. I, and we couldn't find like anybody that mm-hmm. had any sort of anything to that effect. Everybody, it was very positive and it was just very, uh, for me, it was just very, it was, it was a little overwhelming just how, like how positive the, the the whole thing was and it was completely not at least uh, as maybe a pessimist <laughs> what what i was what i was expecting to walk into right um that maybe that was a feature then instead of a bug the rain kept some of the crazy away. <laughs> right yeah um hadn't thought of it that way before but uh, but anyway that so so i did i saw i met people there who i hadn't seen um except on Twitter ever in my life. Um, and some people, I, I, I actually went with my best friend from grad school. We're still friends and we go places together and we do like sciencey things together a lot. And, um, we picked this as one of the, one of the things that we were going to do. So, so we had a good, good time over the weekend doing that. Um, and I did, I loved the creativity of the signs and I loved the, um, the, 
the idea that people wanted to keep going in the future. Now, I don't know that we will, and this is still an open question, um, but I felt like people were finally ready to commit to future action because they see how, how how much danger we're in right now. And I do think mm-hmm. we're in a lot of da- danger right now. So. And so, yeah, so I, mean, I guess what, it's like harnessing what, what could the possibly, positivity. Yeah, what? and what could possibly have happened today? Like, uh, you know, we're recording this, of course, on May 31st uh, for those listening later. But what could have happened today uh, with, you know, some sort of Paris? Paris uh, something? Yeah. Climate something, agreement? Yeah. I don't know. Right? Yeah. Yeah. What, yeah. what are we doing with that? What's happening? I mean, we're, we're part we're of the... One of- yeah. We're alongside, aligned now with Nicaragua and the great nation of Syria as the right. only countries uh, not not uh, part of the Paris Agreement. So, yeah. so on the other hand, Massachusetts to, Massachusetts yeah. closed their last coal plant today. So, oh. um, yeah. So there is there are, there are things that are still underway, and we still have some momentum mm-hmm. on these things, but we can lose a lot of time in four god forbid eight years you know um so gosh oh my god like i i legitimately did have a dream last night that trump wasn't the president and then i woke up i don't think we actually said his name until now god damn it but okay so so i know but so so that being said that we we have this potential of all of these years with this um administration or regime however you want to um call it like regime um how how do we harness sort of that like the positive yeah. energy of something like the science march and move forward in a way where like where we as as the adults are like doing what we can but also because for me one of the big things is always how do we get like the next generation to be better than say the people who have been making poor decisions right now right so right. it's how do we use that energy in the positive way to advocate for change really well i think it will help if we model this good behavior about showing up at our city council meetings and holding our signs and and pressing on our legislators at the state level and at the federal level and all these levels because that's as i said when i was growing up that's what i saw and that was normal to me and i think that's civic participation that needs to be encouraged in the future too so i think we have to show how that's done um i do hope though that there's going to be more targeted, I guess, um, stuff to come out of this. Um, I, I give the Science March folks so much credit for doing this on the short, on the short time frame they had. Um, they were not professional organizers, and I think that 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 was a feature, not a bug. Um, yeah. Although some people complained about them not not being professional organizers, so they didn't know some of this stuff, and and I understand that. Um, but I do think there was a, a quality of um, genuineness to the sciencey part of it that I think was worth cherishing there. Um, but, um, and so I did, I gave them a lot of slack, um, for, um, the organization stuff, like the schedule not coming out really Mm -hmm. until the day (laughs) or whatever, you know? Um, and I, I also am giving them some time to organize now post-March to get us to do more things. I've been answering the emails from them that say, tell your legislator that you marched. And I've been, you know, making those calls and and sending those emails and stuff like that. But I really hope that we're going to have a, what I want is like a bat signal, you know, like (laughs) I want to say, I want there to say, Yeah. yeah, there's vaxxed is being shown at, at this city. I want all the people who marched for this to hear about this in this city and show up for vaxxed with their signs that, you know, vaccines save lives. You know, um, I want us to, you know, when there's some kind of crisis, um, about, um, something going on in DC, um, if we could, we, if we could aim some people at that, um, you know, the, the, the activists on the other side of these issues, they show up. They show up, they go, they talk to their Congress critters. We aren't good at that. Um, and I think that we need some help with that, but I think people are activated now and would do it if we trained them up a little bit. Um, because we're we're dealing with people who are actually coming through the professional activism sort of route, so they're better at it. There, there's a lot of people who came from law, and there's people who came from um, journalism and PR, and they are wiping the floor with us on some of these issues, you know? Um, so I hope that we can coalesce into something that becomes an effective, um, um, 
aiming device, I guess, um, at, at certain issues. I hope somebody starts paying attention to the regulations and, and encouraging people to go. If there's something about the EPA regulations that are about to change, everyone needs to go and, and fill out the forms there at the regulations.gov site. And I think if we get people do comfortable doing that, we can use that for all of these other topics as well. You know, mm -hmm. We have a window of opportunity right now where people are interested to know how to do these things. So if we can capture that, this will deliver benefits for a long time. And I guess that's where like social media can be so powerful too, in that it keeps people connected and keeps people informed of, you know, right. just, I mean, like social media is kind of the closest we have to the bat signal, right? Where we can kind of right. like, I mean, I, I noticed that personally with my like blue apron stuff that I did like <laughs> over the past couple of weeks, but, but like, mm -hmm. I was, I was shocked that, I mean, the amount of people that read my like blog posts on Science Moms and then read what I like that I got to write something for Genetic Literacy Project and I got to have a phone call with Blue Apron, which not not thrilled with their <laughs> with the results, but still that like you right. can put stuff out into the world and mm -hmm. may, and even just for other people to hear it. And I mean, like I know I mean, it wasn't necessarily my full intention, but people have canceled their subscriptions to that mm -hmm. meal service because of their stance essentially against you know biotech really which is what you say right. when you've made right. a non-gmo commitment and i know like mm -hmm. um coven published a piece today on forbes about how the non-gmo project uh logo makes um shopping pretty difficult yep. and so like what are your thoughts about kind of how to speak out against like that kind of stuff too sort of the fear-mongering type of yeah you know, I miss my Cape Cod potato chips. I oh, totally do. Me too. Those are those are my faves. Like, <laughs> but yeah. But, but you know, yeah, and, I and know. I think to myself, what makes you think that this health washing mm -hmm. works? It's potato chips. Who are you fooling? They're chips. You know, they're I chips. mean, they're chips, right? Like, yeah. I'm healthier now, maybe because I'm not eating them. But that probably wasn't your point, right? Right. Um, so yeah, I am. I am a little bit baffled by this. And one of the strategies that I think I would like to work on a little bit and I'm not sure how how this will work out but I want to stress about food safety look if you don't believe in food science how do I trust you on food safety and appropriate handling of food and all these other things like this was the Chipotle problem right Chipotle I mean, <laughs> like that's yeah. it. I'm sure that's what Dan you were thinking that is the too. poster child for this absolutely <laughs> so you know you can worry about GMOs and then if you poison people with listeria you're still screwed you know um <laughs> So I just think this is this is crazy, and I think that if if their priorities are screwed up like this, um, I just have to not trust them anymore. So I'm going to use that as a strategy that I, to talk about. I was saying though to someone else today that I think what I might want to do is have a, a mock um, intervention with them, like like we're pulling them out of a cult, you know, like a culty programming. So I was going to get a bag of Cape Cod potato chips and put googly eyes on it and um, sit it down and talk to it about this cult that it's in and, and then offer to remove its tattoos if, if we have to. You we, know? we can take so, that butterfly off of you. Exactly, exactly. I don't know if it's something uh, for a lot of these companies, at least, uh, like, like you keep bringing up like the best salt and vinegar potato chips I've ever had, but yeah. haven't had it for now I have to go Kroger brand and that's just not the same. Um, <laughs> come on. Uh, I, I don't know if it's necessarily like the company's own vision of, well, we think GMOs or genetic engineered crops are dangerous or not as healthy or, or whatever. I, I wonder if, cause we're, you know, of course we're not in those meetings. I wonder if it's more of a, well, you know, this is what the market research is showing us that people, people want to see this. We don't really give a shit one way or the other, if it's yeah. is safer or not, mm -hmm. uh, because we, at bottom line, we want to sell the most uh, amount of delicious potato chips that we can. Uh, and, and if we can do that by, you know, paying a little more up front and getting a return back on that, then that's a positive for, for them instead of necessarily being a more ideological uh, point of view, I think. Yeah, I, I understand that there's a marketing decision to be made there. But I also think that you can hold companies right now to certain things. Like it's working for the a lot of the environmental folks who are, are claiming this is an environmental issue when we know better. Um, like if you're gonna if you're gonna tell me that your potatoes use more pesticide because you won't use the GMO potatoes, 
this is a this is a problem for your sustainability efforts at your company and mm-hmm. and that could be used against a company in future discussions like okay or or the case of oranges and the citrus greening you know we would stand with you if you would adopt um, GMO oranges and explain to people why we have to do this um, but if you're gonna push us away you know fine we'll right. we'll and isn't it wasn't it Folta that said that he thinks like that's when like the the widespread acceptance of uh, genetic engineered crops is going to happen whenever is whenever we get to a point where you know we have to use genetically modified orange instead of right. uh, because of the citrus greening problem or or even uh, the Cavendish bananas. Right, and if you want scientists to stand with you, then why don't you stand with us now? <laughs> you know, we will we yeah. will be champions for you if you will make the right call on some of these science issues that have broad implications across. Agriculture, really. I think I think another part for just the general consumer too is like, I mean, I'm a single dad now. I have two kind of younger kids, and I'm a homeowner now, which is another time sink. I'm just fucking busy, and and so like, I mean, I I enjoy doing this as basically a second job uh, throughout the week. But you know, average person, they just want to you know watch their couple hours of TV a night and not have to think about this shit. And so if so it's, it's I, don't, I don't know that it's so much as willful ignorance by the, the majority of people. It's just they it's so easy to see like a shitty meme by like uh, GMO free USA or right. whoever the hell is making them and, yeah. and to, yeah. to buy into that. Yep. Yeah. And I yeah, I think, too, it's like what I, what I tried to say in my conversation like with Blue Apron is that there's there's this whole other market of consumers who do understand the like the science behind it or the potential that the biotechnology has worldwide in terms of issues of hunger and like you talked about golden rice before and there's this far-reaching implication and and stuff that can happen if we can maybe cut back on our fear narrative and that these kind of companies would have the vocal support of right. this whole community like because yes, like Dan, you said, most people are going to the store and they're, they're, they're buying what they need. They're buying what's on sale. They're not like the butterflies on the package of chips, whatever, who cares? And so they're, they're just not saying anything. Then there's the people who are like toxins, whatever, the crazy like March against Monsanto, which is a dying breed anyways, but that. <laughs> but then there's this whole other group of people, the science-minded people who would actually, I think, be vocal supporters of these companies if they decided to say like we stand with this kind of new technology that has far-reaching you know positive it's not even it's not even all that new too is the other thing it's been around since the early 90s yeah yeah so it's not anything that's like well last year we came up with this (laughs) potato or this this brand of corn you know i'm actually almost irritated by that pink pineapple did you guys see that going oh yeah yeah i did not oh yeah, yeah, so dull, this is it dull? fluorescent the... pink pineapple. It's really, really cool looking. Yeah. Um, and it also has lycopene in it, like a tomato would. So mm-hmm. it's, you know, potentially healthier for you, although I haven't seen health data on it. Uh, but people are apparently sharing all these pink pineapple photos on Instagram and they're, all the foodies are talking it up. And I'm thinking to myself, it's just pink. <laughs> you know, what? like there's, there's things that really help farmers. There are things that mm-hmm. help us reduce pesticides. There are really good things out there. But the pink thing is what finally has hooked you guys okay well, fine we could have made right, pink that stuff long ago and, and i think that can even speak to to the like it takes all different kinds of voices argument that uh, i i know we weren't having that here but it's it's been roaring today in my in my personal page uh news feed uh is like should we have you know do we need all these different types of voice? that's that's i view that as just a different it's a it's a hook to for people and mm-hmm. they don't they might, might not know it's genetically engineered and and if it gets mm-hmm. them excited it gets and then they say oh this is so cool i can't wait to try this and then they try it and it's like well you just ate a gmo um and look and look your dick didn't you're... fall off so <laughs> but i'm kind of irritated that like it took a pink pineapple to do it it's just oh no it's fucking stupid really, like, you know? don't get me wrong i'm not saying <laughs> yeah, yeah i'm not saying it's but it's a good thing when or, people or not, a lot... i'm not not saying it's a good thing 
Right, right. No, but but there's all these things that have helped farmers to do things mm-hmm. and to reduce all these other inputs and to like spend time with their kids at the baseball games at, the, at night and stuff like this. So there are, there have been lots and lots of benefits for farmers, but people who claim to care about farmers don't care about these benefits. You know, it took a pink pineapple well, in their mojitos or whatever. Right, whatever you right. and the, the thing about that is uh, a lot of these people themselves are farmers on the 10 by 20 foot plot that they have behind their houses so oh right right that's that yes i hear i hear that a lot from people <laughs> that they think that um that the, their yeah. small garden plot is very much like farming yes do you get that argument on twitter because i've gotten that argument on twitter that i should yes. grow my own food yes yes like yeah i have i have a lawn the size of a post postage stamp really you know grow so. your own food that's yeah. it that's yeah. it like just whatever you could grow there is all you can eat mm-hmm. like i'm sure my kids would love that if i tried to grow all our own food right in the little few pots i have on the deck i just appreciate yeah. farmers who are growing at scale like uh, and i love seeing that's one of the great things about twitter too i'm exposed to a lot of farmers who are mm-hmm. um who show you how big their fields are and you get the real sense of what their lives are like and how scaling this up is a totally different ball game and and these 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 families are feeding us and they're getting so much crap for it that also bugs me too i have the sense of um justice (laughs) like like stop beating up on farmers you know like this is pissing me off we need to help farmers too you know Um, right yeah that's the i mean it's it's like the difference uh, and people always think farmers are stupid for some reason which i guess i I can see where that comes from because i can drive a combine too but I mean, you go to a seed catalog, first of all, like they're mm-hmm. like big, there's a lot of options for everything. And so you got 40 to 50 different types of seed, uh, dependent on, you know, when you're going to plant, when you want to harvest, what kind of soil you have, how much mm-hmm. rain you get, you know, and, and where, you, where you're at in, in, you know, the country or, or internationally. And you have all these different options, and mm-hmm. it, it's it's not just going going down to Lowe's on a Sunday like I yeah. did, and picking up a pack of oh yeah. this looks good, and, and and going with that because especially when your livelihood uh, de- depends on that, like if mm-hmm. you fuck that up, I mean that's that's it, <laughs> like you know for that for that right. year or at least for that season. I actually had this argument in the Bette Midler thread recently. Did you see the Bette Midler? Oh, oh she she yeah, stated you can't, an opinion because you can't you can't <laughs> patent life. Uh, so, yeah. and my response to that was, well, by that logic, if I buy one of your movies or one of your your albums, I can make as many copies of that as I want because right. I bought it. It's mine now. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. right? Yep. But in That's the thread, a great comparison, yeah, yeah. In the thread, there were lots of other people throwing out other kinds of nonsense, and one woman swore to us that there was only one soy genome. So yeah. I threw down a um, seed catalog. <laughs> so I'm like, boom, <laughs> you know, check this out. Tell me more. Tell me more about the genome, please. Tell me. I'm a professional genome analyst. Okay, tell me about the genomes. Come on. Um, so anyway, um, so that was amusing. So yeah, people confuse it with. Um, um, their backyards, and they also have be- have believed so much of the nonsense that has been put out there, and I and that's actually one of the things that bugs me is how effective the nonsense peddlers are. It's very mm-hmm. frustrating because they have easy yeah. to understand, simple stories that people want to hear, and that's people swallow that, and they and and they're so confident, they're so Dunning Kruger, they're so yeah. that woman was so certain that there was only one soy genome, and I was like, oh no no no. right and and she right and she she knew in her mind she was confident in that and then and then she happened to stumble upon somebody who actually had the answer Mm -hmm. but that's Mm -hmm. where i think you know for people in the like the science communication community skeptics farmers like all these different tribes and we i know we all talk about tribes because i know you you talk to vance too and like that whole Mm -hmm. you know crew of people but i think it is important that we're all communicating with each other because there's so mm-hmm. many common goals there right and so like, another thing i did was i pulled yeah. a farmer into that discussion a, a separate mm-hmm. um thread because someone was saying that the farmers have to buy the same seeds for years they're locked into this contract and farmers are like nope 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 um yeah. but brian um do you know um uh, the, the popcorn farmer um brian 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 oh. I, I think I do because I think he was um, tagged in one of my like Blue Apron posts yeah, at some yeah, yeah. point. To kind of, yes, um, I, oh, popcorn, I know. Yes. Yeah. Um, anyway, um, 
he has a post about the Monsanto contract that he signs and why he signs it and he explained it. And I love that farmer perspective on that, you know? Um, and there's, there's another farmer, um, a woman from Delaware, um, Schmidt, her name, Jenny Schmidt. Yeah. Um, and she has, um, a, a series of great posts on, um, the, um, choices that she makes at her farm and why mm. she makes those choices and she was one of the ones who threw down a seed catalog at one point she's like hey i have lots and lots of choices here um so here here's some of the things that we would look through and what the, some of the things we would look for um so it's it's really great to have those voices now available to us to you know point to when some of these discussions come up so yeah that so is I good. Think, yeah i think just that like knowing people that that are experts in, in things that we're not experts in Right. And, and that have other answers and because it's all of these different contributions to the discussion that, you know, like you never know, like what kind of contribution to that discussion could change somebody's mind or Mm -hmm. somebody who's observing these conversations. And so it's, it's, I guess, just doing as much like personal connection as possible and Mm -hmm. all of that. And yeah. And I guess I like, you know, going with the whole tribe thing too. I like I'm curious about your input and ideas around like the idea of like the skeptic tribe currently. Yeah. And what, you know, because yeah. what you see like the current state or past or like where, you know, right. where it's going. Yeah. I I do think the skeptics have had a valuable role. Um, before the science community came together, they were out there in front of a lot of nonsense peddling, you know, mm-hmm. and and all some of it sounds silly now because you don't see a lot of Bigfoot stuff and you don't see a lot of ghost stuff anymore because everyone has a cell phone. If they were yeah. really ghosts, we'd have movies of all, all of them, you know. <laughs> so a lot of that stuff and the UFO stuff, a lot of that stuff has sort of declined, I think. Um, but it was important to have a group of people who wanted to use evidence to evaluate things, whatever they were. And they were the only ones, I think, at the time out there who were really getting out in front of people and demonstrating what the meaning of evidence was and how you consider something and how you look at a claim and all that. So that was really valuable. But I feel like the skeptic movement is bifurcating. There's another branch of it now that's more like biomedical, biotech sort of vaccines and pharmaceuticals and and GMOs and that sort of stuff. Um, chiropractors, that sort of medical stuff, Mm -hmm. toxins and all that. Um, And I think that's hugely important. And I think that's the right place right now for the wider community too, because Bigfoot is just not that big a deal. Although there was a Bigfoot genome that came out. So it was funny. It was great to have the institutional memory of the Bigfoot hunters because um, they could tell, like when when this genome paper was published and and the the genomics people were all like, what? Um, we had we could go to the skeptics and we learned who these people were and what their history was. So that was really helpful, actually. Um, but I think so. There's two things I'm seeing. There's a bifurcation um, among the old, like the the skeptics who did the Bigfoot ghosts and magic that sort of thing, and the new, more like biotech, biomedical sort. Um, but there's also other fractures along the community. Um, I think there's a big one in the. Um, the atheist community, um, the, the new atheists and the, yeah. Um, and there's that, and there's a big problem with feminism and the <laughs> rarity of, uh, female skeptics in a lot of these groups we, and how, yeah. We only have eight hours to, uh, to live broadcast. Right, podcast. right. <laughs> yeah. So, so we're going to have to. Yeah. Yeah. So, th- so there are, there are these, like these fragments and fractures in, right. within this like larger sort of because idea of almost, yeah, crit- yeah it's almost as if we're not beholden to a centralized yeah. philosophy structure or something yeah. yes yeah. right i know and i think that hurts us in some ways although mm-hmm. you know uh, um because we, we we don't have a bat signal to aim at that like, goes back to that problem of like <laughs> yeah. um th- there's no way to get us all aligned and pointing at the same thing at the same time for anything because we have all these different fractures. Well, and, um, and then ev- that means everybody has their own bat signal. So now just everything is, is yeah. or woke, if you will. Yeah. Um, and I think there's sometimes I think it would be better if we had a more sort of centralized organized structure, but the ones that have existed at least so far have not really served the community in that way. So, mm. 
um, I would like to see a, something else come out of it, but I don't know what that is. And I don't know. I don't know if it can come off of like the science March sort of thing. Like it would be, it would be nice if, if that kind of coalesced into something more skeptic-y, but without all the previous skeptic baggage, you know? Um, I, I don't know. I don't know how that will come out. I would like to see some evolution, though, I would say. A little, little more variety, a little bit more. Yeah. New, yeah. Different voices sometimes, yeah. perhaps, in that, like, the old school crowd. You, didn't you? Yeah. Did you call? Did you call some of the? Did you say silverbacks for some yes. of the? Like, was <laughs> right. that you? When we were, yeah. yeah. We were talking at the food evolution. Um, right. Uh, right. After, because that was after after a conference. And there's. Uh, yeah, I was like, describing the attendees guard. at the skeptics yeah. conference I've been to, and yeah, I called them silverbacks, and I'm I've got silver, so I'm you know I'm one of them too. I wish we were seeing younger folks. I wish we were seeing people who were interested in getting into this. Um, with um, new ideas and new ways to tell their stories, and like um, like Miles Power is one of my favorites. You guys know, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and James and um, Buck, those guys. I think they have a a route into another group that the Silverbacks don't have. They because yeah. they do the YouTube stuff and they they are blogging and they're doing those things um, that a lot of the Silverbacks aren't doing to the same way. Um, and um, I think there's a lot of other stuff that we could be doing better. Like um, I got involved with that group, Kurzgestat, who did the videos um, of the, the GMO thing. They have these really great animated videos. Um, and I got involved with editing the script for the one that they did recently. Um, and that's not something that scientists would do. Scientists would not do a clever, attractive animation um, that was really engaging without being completely over the top nerdy, you know? Um, and um, I, I really thought that this group had done a good job on it because they weren't totally, like they weren't top down science, triple AS sort of um, coming down from on high saying this is, we will have 400 committee meetings on how this script will go and we will, you know, I, yeah. I, I, I there was a there was more of a fluidity to it that I think we need to embrace that is totally not working in the structure of science as we know it now. You know, I think science is ossified in a lot of ways. They're afraid in a lot of ways. They're keeping their heads down. And I think that that is a problem. And, and I think that the skeptic community has some of that problem too. We need some younger voices. We need more people to go to these meetings. Like, I don't know how many young people with college loans and car loans and how, do, how can you afford to go to Las Vegas for a weekend for, you know, for the skeptic things, you know? So, well, I, yeah. That's that's what a tricky do, thing. What you do, you get a Patreon going, you sell some t-shirts, you mm -hmm. sell some ads on mm -hmm. your, your large Facebook page, and mm -hmm. there you go. Well, I have actually, so I, I have, I have to, to go to a... Um, I have to go to a, a talk to, um, next week and um, I'm going to, I've been asked to speak to science activism and how does that, how to, you know, what, what can people do to support that? And mm -hmm. I'm going to say, buy the t-shirts and I'm going to say, give their pages clicks and go to them and sign up at their Patreons and give them money for, because if you want more of this content, you need to support this production of this content. And I think that's another thing we're not very good at right now. So just support and like supporting each other too, I guess the people yes. who are making the content. I mean, like, and that's like that's the cool thing about you know doing what we do. Obviously, like this is this is not like a like a real job, like money maker type of thing. But it's but it's being able to get ideas out there and to have these kind of conversations. And and I know it's like mm -hmm. I mean Dan gets you know more feedback because he has the big page, like Facebook page and all of that. But it's sometimes to get that feedback that like somebody's heard something that has been right. said and right. and <laughs> and at least makes them think or change their mind about something or just to know that there are other people out there that right. share the worldview. Mm -hmm. It's that community that that can exist even without physical proximity to people. Right. Right. That I think it's yeah, important I, to keep nurturing. It's important to have the base and to keep um, talking to the base and sharing ideas with each other and to bring in new people over time. Like not mm -hmm. every conversation is going to be a game changer. I mean, especially some yeah. of these hardcore folks, you'll never move them. But if people can be exposed to these things in different ways, it's going to connect with someone. Like if there's somebody, somebody's going to make the right place, somebody, whether it's There's a pink pineapple miles. out there somewhere. 
or pink pineapples or you guys or whatever it is right um like somebody will find the right right place for them where they can explore these ideas in ways that they haven't maybe before so we need to have as many of these avenues as possible but people need to support them (laughs) so (laughs) well i guess to like to wrap up because i mean you like you're definitely somebody who as i was getting into sort of this like sciencey skeptic world like like following you on twitter was great just to see the way you engaged and interacted and and dan and i like connected and became friends and kind of well i think i probably learned more from you about social media and i and then i just you know maybe i've taught you a few things i I don't i don't know what i had (laughs) to teach but but so for people that you know would like to follow you, Mary, online and mm-hmm. see what you're up to, like where can they where can they yeah. find you? I am not on Facebook. I am apparently one of the few people not on Facebook, but you can <laughs> find okay. me on Twitter right. at mem m e m underscore Somerville, which is my town. Um, so it's my initials in my town, um, and um, that's where I'm most active. Um, but the, I try to I try to also talk a lot in comment sections of places um, so that people who are coming in from all sorts of different directions will also see that there are other perspectives too, you know, and again, you don't win a lot of comment battles, (laughs) but (laughs) at least other people are seeing that there's another perspective out there. So I do spend a lot of time doing that too. Well, thank you for talking to us tonight. And I'm, I'm sure that as time goes on, we will invite you back on to talk about whatever crazy stuff is happening in the world of science and activism and, all of the things that all right. will be happening during the Trump years. Well, thanks. Yes, thanks so much for having me. And we will align and we will move forward and we will survive this. And yes. uh, and you know where to find me. Yes, <laughs> I'll be around. Thank you so much. Thank you. Okay, thanks. This week, we love the internet is um, (laughs) ridiculous ridiculous items of clothing that are actually being sold I I mean I I I, I'm just confused are you Uh, looking yeah yeah I mean and I would say that this is hairy chest swimwear it's Mm -hmm. a swimsuit uh, flesh colored with uh, flesh colored uh uh, ben, it, it looks like a man's chest. Yeah, and, but it's a swimsuit. And that, it doesn't that, that look poor good. model, that poor model who, who <laughs> was, I mean, undoubtedly modeling something not this because <laughs> I can't imagine anybody with with any sense of Say, like, anything going, yeah, yeah I'm going to put that paycheck. up. Well, depending on, yeah, but, I mean, you know? you'd be surprised what people will do. I guess, but maybe you won't. But I, we're just going to move on from that because I can't not unsee that. Um, yeah, you, I mean, you're going to want to scroll back to the top later and look at it again. But then it's like you, you go down and there's something that says a hug me jacket that looks like hands clasped on a puffy winter coat all around this ginger-haired male model. Who looks um, conf- equal parts confused. I, I mean, He's confused. He's confused because he's like, how, like, how the fuck did I get here? Right, wondering, like, what he says to <laughs> his agent. This is my life. After, yeah. after the shoot, uh, what the fuck yeah. did you get me into? Why? Yeah. Was I here? Some of these are bad. Basically, like the jersey knotted beach skirt sarong. I don't. I don't. Uh, not. Something I think it's I just ugly. Wear. Yeah, I mean, I think because it's, it's like weird, it's but... supposed to be a skirt, but it's just like strings hanging down. Then there's there's leggings that look like they have two dudes holding up somebody's That's butt cheeks. That's funny though. That's funny though. That's just kind of funny. I appreciate that. There's a there's a lace reasons. outfit, the, like a lace that was romper. A, that was yeah for for dudes though. A romp him. Yeah. That, <laughs> I mean, if 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 that's your your. Thing, I guess. Uh, I mean, I, mean, I w- like. I just feel like this particular outfit. I wouldn't. I mean, I wouldn't be into it on a dude or all, a or a woman. Right. All, it's just. It's a they're lace all, romper. And, and of course, they're all wearing like mid high ankle or a uh, calf socks. Yeah. So that, yeah, that certainly is not helping 
the situation, but these are just then awful. A, and speaking yeah. of awful, this this damn website uh, that I was going to link to until it started doing this shit won't let me scroll down anymore. So I guess oh, that's... Well, there's... I'll tell you, there's see-through plastic jeans. There's a blazer which been, that's part, like... Careful. Watch which, your watch your tone, because we still might get Nordstrom to sponsor the show. Oh, right, right. So, so Nordstrom, <laughs> I'm really into your clear plastic jeans. Um, Especially the, the ones that are with the cutout knees that are plastic. Yeah, like plastic like cutouts. Not like just jeans. open, but yeah. like... No. Plastic. Yeah. And then there's a there's a blazer that looks like the mullet of blazers because it's like business and party in one because it's jean jacket on half and then regular blazer, like businessy on the this. other half. I know. But and then the last one the is cowboy boots that shall not be named. Yeah. So I'm going to tell you though, the last one though is cowboy boot sandals. So it's That's what I sandals, I saw. but then but then cowboy boot um, like up on the ankles and calves. It's real. They're they're hideous and should not exist. So, what, yeah, everything what, on here is an like abomination. What, right, and what purpose does that serve? Mm-hmm. I can see it now. None. It's, no they purpose. They are thong sandals with the mm-hmm. actual sole, or not the sole, but the top of the, the foot cut out, and so you just have the little yeah. saddle-looking type things on the sides going <laughs> like, up. And... Imagine the tan line of this. Like, you'd get really funky right? tan lines in your legs if you have shorts on or something. And that Just can't, super that strange. can't be comfortable because the, no, the premise behind no. flip-flops is they flip and flop, and boots uh, <laughs> don't. Do not. So, yeah. I, Not that yeah, I've ever so, worn cowboy so no. boots ever in my life, <clears throat> but Me neither. No. <laughs> <laughs> but you would imagine, yeah. So, so that I just wanted to show you some ugly stuff because well, why not? Uh, you know, we, yeah. we we did not talk about the the gift wrapped woman, which I mean, oh, you know, did I skip? That. Hold on, I believe you did. Oh, there is that. There's a lady. There's a lady there's, that has a bow on. That's it. That. Uh, like, the next page has detachable jeans, <laughs> and that. this is just deteriorating as as I go. Mm-hmm. Uh, oh, I didn't even realize that there were more pages. Oh, yeah, I just thought how, it was one page. Oh, there's works, there's is, even is people they they have people oh. add, oh. add things, and so it just goes on and on and on and on forever. Oh, this is oh my gosh, this is even worse than I than I thought it was. Yeah. Oh, there's there's something that cost that costs over fourteen hundred dollars. It says it's an oversized jumpsuit, but all it looks like is a pair of jeans. Like I, there's, how does this stuff exist? Uh, I hate everything unquote, right now. Sexy shoes, which are literally you, you're standing on your tiptoes <laughs> with the assistance of I, the shoe. Uh, I really I, more I just, detachable I jeans, can't. but it's I don't even want to continue down this rabbit hole. No, because no, we we need to we I'm need to thank the people that angry. that. So yeah, we need to thank the people that help us do not this. Angry yeah. at us, and you would like to throw mm-hmm. money at us, so we can throw money at other people and then they can throw money at other yeah. people and then something, something trickle down economics. Capitalism. Uh, capitalism. Uh, yeah, exactly. Uh, know. You know, definitely uh, check out our Patreon page at patreon.com slash TSE podcast, get commercial free early access to shows. Uh, and then you also get your name read just like Trevor and Nathan and Alice and Cynthia and Michael and Frank and Michael and Lizzie and the lab and Magnus and Sav, Hannah and Felix and Chris and Michael and Michael and Joe and Sarah and Josue. And we know that not everyone can throw money at us, and that's okay. We'll still throw things at you. Just uh, it'll be a surprise. But if you just share the episodes, uh, you know, give us a five-star rating or four or three. Just just back it up. Don't just, put, don't just put, you people suck. You're not even in STEM. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> we say that in the description. <laughs> we did so it. thank yeah, you. No shit. Thank you. Thank you, angry, miserable person who has nothing better to do with their life. But you can also reach out to us at podcast at scienceenthusiast.com. Check out our Facebook pages, uh, like all the Facebook pages, uh, all the episodes at scienceenthusiastpodcast.com. Did I forget anything, Natalie? I think you remembered everything, and I will I will give us a quote. Sweet. So Hit us with the a quote, quote. Yeah. The quote is, extinction is the rule, survival is the exception, and that is Carl Sagan. And I have had this quote in this particular Google Doc 
for fucking ever because I've had this Google Doc forever because of the this was around Science March time and Is that- it feels like a <laughs> it feels like a lifetime ago that we recorded this episode with Mary and life was super different then for me it's weird <laughs> the podcast is like this weird roadmap of, a, of our lives and what is going on and, at those times and especially when we have a backlog of episodes and we have episodes that we think are interviews that is that are timely to get out it's it makes it makes it tough and then it's it's like well we're, we're yeah. <laughs> we tell you we're not burying it we are going to air it we just uh it's you know it, it's kind of evergreen it's coming and, yeah uh, and we, you know, the it, this, this one is, was, this one is, yeah. Uh, so, yeah. yeah, she is. Mary's awesome. This just was a. This is not an evergreen time of my life. But anyways, next week we will have the philosophy of Rick and Morty. Maybe come who out. knows? Maybe if, if so we're not, maybe, if we're still here, if North Korea hasn't. Uh, that's true. Oh, all of our episodes, all of our future episodes are to be determined by the state of the world They're and if we need to, if, or if we go nuclear holocaust contingent or something. On, on, contingent on, on our survival. Yeah. <laughs> on so Twitter. so just, we'll no, see. On, just Twitter, if tw- Twitter allows this uh, <laughs> awful, awful excuse for a, uh, we're going to go down a, uh, to a place that's a topic of another podcast. But yeah, uh, yeah well, you get where I'm going there. I, I get where you're going. So we might we might have the real atheology guys in our philosophy of Rick and Morty <laughs> episode next week. If not, it or if you feel like listening to that now, because why not? The video yeah, is available on YouTube. All that stuff. It, it was a super fun one to do with them. So so why not? Because you know, come watch TV, listen to a podcast, watch people talk about TV on a podcast whatever you want to do but come back next week because we love you see that's nice i ended it nice yeah yeah all right well all right the music you heard tonight was written and performed by adam johnson and was used with his permission you can contact adam at adamjohnsondc@gmail.com. at gmail.com